Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I want to direct your attention to the book of Amos, chapter number 12. Amos is speaking out against Israel, decrying the sinful state of that nation, and he begins to speak of tough times that will be coming. He tells them of how because of their actions, because of their decisions, because of their lifestyle, that they are going to be broken. They're going to face some hard times. But he says this in Amos chapter 3, verse number 12. He says, Thus saith the Lord, As the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear. So shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed, and in Damascus in a couch. In the midst of telling them of the judgment that is coming, in the midst of telling them that they are going to find their nation destroyed, He says this as a way of hope, but as the shepherd takes out of the mouth of the lion two legs or the piece of an ear. This morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach for a very short time on this topic. Broken pieces. Broken pieces. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your anointing that has been in this house, for your spirit that we feel. God, I'm asking that you would do a work in this place today, that you would touch us. I ask it in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. The prophet Amos paints the picture of a broken nation. He paints the picture of a people who are or have been almost consumed by their enemies. Their lifestyle, their choices. The decisions that they, have met, that they have made have ravaged their nation. And we see where once a mighty nation, where once a global power in its day is going to be reduced to nothing. He foretells of how Babylon will come in and Babylon will destroy Israel. It was a lifetime of bad decisions and poor choices that have gotten them to this point. It was a lifetime of turning their nose in a different direction and and going a different way in spite of knowing that there was a better option. And now the prophet says, I see where the enemy has come in and he has devoured you. He's taken a hold of you. See, the thing about sin is sin doesn't just come in and occupy for a little time. But sin comes in to ravage and devour and to destroy. And he's looking at a people and he's talking about a people who have found themselves in the midst 
of a bad situation because what started out as just a little slippery slope, what started out as just making a wrong move and a wrong decision, one bad choice has led to another bad choice and another bad choice until finally the nation is so far away from God, they find themselves ravaged by their enemies and there just doesn't seem to be much left. Doesn't seem to be anything of any significance, nothing left of any value. There's no worth left. I stand here today knowing full well that I'm ministering to people. I'm ministering to folks that have experienced brokenness. All of us under the sound of my voice have made poor choices. All of us under the sound of my voice at one time or another have made poor decisions. All of us under the sound of my voice have sinned at some point in our life. And, and if you're sitting here today and, and you feel like you are a hopeless case, I've come to tell you that you're in a house full of people who have had issues and have been broken and who know what it's like to feel that. It appears that there's nothing left of value in the lives of these people. They are condemned to live a life of slavery a life of servitude, a life of being bondmen and women to the enemy. And it seems as if there is absolutely no hope. But in the midst of all of that, in, in the midst of writing down what is coming, in the midst of, of letting them know that they are scattered pieces and there's not much left and, and it doesn't appear as if there's, there's one piece left to join to another, if you will. In the midst of all of that, he says, I still want you to know that there is a shepherd that is willing to go to the very mouth of the lion and he's still willing to pull out ears and he's still willing to pull out legs from the mouth of the lion. Commentators will say, and they will state of this, of this writing, that when he describes the two legs and, or the piece of an ear, that he is literally describing a lamb that is unrecognizable. It did not look like what it once was. It did not stand on its own anymore. It did not look in splendor as it once did. It had been devoured. It had been reduced to seemingly almost nothing. It seemed unrecognizable, but to the shepherd, it was still valuable. We live in a world where sin drains and it destroys and it breaks. It will devour till it doesn't even look like the person you used to be. Sin will absolutely ravage to the point that you look in the mirror and it doesn't appear that there's much left. but there was still value in broken pieces. I've come today to speak a word of encouragement to someone who's struggling. I've come today to speak a word of encouragement into a life that feels like you don't have any worth anymore and there's nothing of much of value left in you. You look back over your life and it's strewn with the, with the, the bits and the fragments of poor choices and bad decisions and, and a lifetime filled with regrets and you sit here this morning under the sound of my voice and while people have been worshiping and people have been magnifying and exalting the name of the Lord, you've 
sat there and you've looked around and you've thought that's great for them, but there's no hope for me. That's great for them, but but, but you see my life has been reduced to nothing. My life doesn't really count anymore. My pieces are fragmented. My family's destroyed. My, my, my parents, I don't know where my mom is. I don't know where my dad is. I, you know, some, some may be sitting here today, and you know all of those things. But I've come today to tell you there is a shepherd that still finds value in your pieces. Well, I don't have a lot to offer. I beg to differ. You still bring something to the table. There's still something of worth and of value in your life. Before you just throw in the towel, before you just walk away, before you just give up and walk out of here this morning, I want to remind you that it was fragments, broken pieces that fed a multitude. They come to Jesus, they bring five loaves and two fish. They say it's insufficient, it's not enough. And he took it, and he began to break it. And it was pieces that began to minister to the hurting. It was pieces that began to feed those that were starving. It was pieces that began to bring refreshment. I stand before people today, and I tell you, you may feel like you're fragmented into just mere pieces, but God can take what's left of you, and he can begin to multiply your brokenness and your pain and your sorrow, and he can begin to feed a city with the broken pieces of your life. You may be struggling or have struggled with addiction and you may suffer the scars of that lifestyle, but I've come to tell you, he can take your broken pieces and he can mend you back together and he can use you to feed a city of hurting people. We have the idea that it has to be all intact and that, has, that it has to stand in perfect and complete uh, organization in our life. I can't make things right in my life because I'm a broken mess. I can't, I can't, I can't be of service because my life is shot. I'm broken, I'm hurting, I'm wounded. I've got things that need to be dealt with in my life. You need to put yourself in the hand of the master and allow him to begin to bless what has been broken. The fish wasn't special. The loaves weren't special. It was in the hands of the master. that the fragments, the brokenness, began to be profitable. I got news for you. The scripture says my righteousness is as filthy rags. Doesn't matter if you've got it all together or not, honey. When you walked in here, you're never going to have it right. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to have it all together. You're still going to be broken because we are fallen humanity. So I've come to tell you today, it doesn't matter if it's on the social ladder. You're here or you're here. It does not matter. God says, I need somebody I can bless. I need a life that I can touch. I need a life that I can pour my, my spirit in and that I can begin to work and shape and mold.
broken pieces. Be broken pieces that would stand up on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts and begin to preach the very first message of repentance. See, the man Simon Peter, who always seemed to be getting in the way of himself, he'll resort to violence to cut the ear of the high priest off, he'll rebuke Jesus. And then he'll turn around and deny him three times. Well, that don't seem like it was that significant. So I'm going to tell you right now, Peter felt like an utter failure in that moment. Peter looked at his life and he said, I have messed up the chance that I had. I've lost it. It's gone. It's no more. But it would be the master that would come back to a man who was broken and begin to offer restoration. And that broken vessel would stand and begin to deliver the word of the Lord to a nation that was lost. Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul, would be a man who persecuted the church. He would stand behind a pulpit one day preaching the gospel, looking at faces that he had once persecuted. By the way, that broken man would author two-thirds of the New Testament, be the first evangelist of the church, take the gospel to places that had never heard the word of the Lord before. But that man would say, there was a thorn in my flesh that constantly buffeted me. I prayed that it would leave. I prayed that it would go. It was still there. Many people have speculated over what that thorn is. I'm not here to get into a spiritual debate with you this morning, but I believe in some regards the Apostle Paul fought, fought and warred against the memories of what he had done to the church. He said, nobody persecuted the church like I persecuted the church. Nobody was so zealous to try to destroy the thing that I love now. I didn't love it then. I did everything I could to destroy it. I did everything I could. So while he's up there preaching, when he walks away, he still remembers the people that he put under the sword and that he, that he killed for this gospel. And now I've got to try to preach to you and I've got to try to tell you of the hope and the good news. You can't tell me at times that didn't war in that man. He was broken. But my, what a powerful vessel. Rahab was a prostitute. Ruth wasn't the right color. You'll let me put it that way. Ruth wasn't even supposed to be, to have access to the Jewish faith. But she was grafted in, grandfathered in, and she was the grandmother to King David. By the way, David would fall in adultery. David would commit murder. Broken vessels, pieces, fragments. But God said, I can use them. You give me your brokenness. 
You give me your fragmented life. You give me that life that doesn't feel like it's of any value, that it has no worth. You give me the life with the struggle and the pain and the heartache and the life that, that secretly longs for better. You give me that life just as it is. Don't you try to change it. Don't you try to gloss it over. Don't you try to make it look better than it is. You bring me that life and let me do what I do best. I wonder what God can accomplish with your pieces. Broken pieces. You see, I look beyond the tough exterior this morning. I can see beyond the swagger. I can see beyond the air of confidence that you carry yourself with and you walk with. And I see the brokenness on the inside. I look beyond that tough exterior. I look beyond everything that you put up for your defense, and I see the brokenness inside of you. Many of you are so full of bitterness because you carry wounds that you don't know how to deal with. Don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to cope with what broke me. Because it hurt me to my core. It hurt me in my soul. It took my spirit. It took something from me. And now I walk around and I put on my moxie and I put on my tough exterior because I don't ever want to be hurt like that again. And I'm full of bitterness and I don't know how to handle it because I don't know how to deal with what happened to me. So it, it leeches out and I'm a walking time bomb and I'm volatile because you, you say the wrong thing and that bitterness and anger leaks out of me. And I, 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 I don't know what happened. I just, I, I, I got hurt and I don't know how to deal with it I was hurt and I don't know how to handle it I, I'm broken and I don't know how to fix it and I don't feel like there's anything of value or anything of worth left in me I've come today to tell you that there is a shepherd that sees what's left of your life he sees the pieces and he sees the fragments and yes it may not look recognizable and yes it may not seem like there's anything there but I've come to tell you he sent me to tell you today that you're still valuable that you're still important and you still have a place in his kingdom. Hebrews is full. Hebrews chapter 11 is full of men and women who knew what it was like to be broken. Who knew what it was like to struggle? Who knew what it was like not to be perfect? Abraham would lie. On on down the list. Samson had a lust issue, fornication problem. He's broken shell of a man when it came time for the Lord to reach down and touch him a final time. But he did more broken than he ever did when he was intact. Are you hearing me? It said he did more in that moment where he was broken and contrite before God than he had ever done when he was whole. A blind man. A blind warrior. A warrior's no good if he can't see. 
The world says a warrior that can't see has no value and he has no worth. Samson wasn't a farmer. Samson wasn't a, wasn't a man of the field. Samson was a warrior and now he has no eyes. He's broken because of his mistake. He's faltered because of his failure and now he stands there, a broken man and he says, Lord, I just need you to remember me and the Lord says, that's what I've been waiting on. I'll take the fragments, I'll take the pieces and I'll make it valuable. How am I gonna? How am I gonna get this right? How am I gonna get this fixed? Just before going to the cross, God robed in flesh, sitting at a last, standing at a last supper, would pick up a piece of bread. This is the God of glory. This is the one who could call angels down from heaven. He's looking at fallen humanity that he's going to go die for. He looks at him. He takes that bread and he says, what? This is my body that has been broken. God, I, 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 want, I want you, but I'm a mess. And the king of glory looked at his creation and he said, if I'm going to purchase them, I'm going to have to be broken like them. My body's going to have to suffer. My body's going to have to be broken. And it was from the, the fragments of a broken body that there was a way paved for you and I to be saved. I want to come when everything's right. I want to make that move when everything's perfect. I want to make that move when I've got it all together. You'll never get there. It took brokenness to purchase your salvation. And it'll take brokenness to restore your soul. How does that happen? You come to an altar. And you find you a place of repentance and you begin to say, God, it's not worth much. It may not seem like it's of much value, but I'm going to give you all that I am. There's not much left. Just two, two legs and the piece of an ear. It's not really recognizable. It doesn't look like it's much has any worth or it doesn't appear to have any value at all. But God, I need you. And if you want what is left of me, here I am. Here I am. I need you. I need you. You'll never walk away from a repentant and a contrite spirit. Doesn't matter how broken, mangled, or disheveled that life is. He'll always reach to restore. He's a restorer. He stands up in the synagogue and he unfolds the scroll and he begins to read from Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Talks about setting liberty to captive and healing the broken hearted. Nothing fragments the soul of a person like a broken heart, broken spirit.
He said, yes, I've come to heal them. I've come to open the blind eyes. I've come to touch the physical things that are there. But I want you to know something. The things that happen that break your spirit and seemingly devour your soul to where there's nothing left, I can heal that wound. I can heal that hurt. I can restore that in your life. That's the thing that I can make well. And I will give you beauty for your ashes. Ashes represent the fragments, the things that are left. The fire has consumed. Stand with me this morning. I'm broken. I don't have much left. I can't take much more. I'm trying. But I had something that hit me and it has devoured me. I'll speak right now. I'm not talking to just people that have wandered away or have never known what it's like to find themselves in a place of repentance and the restoration of God. I'm talking to people that at times a wound happens, an offense happens, and it's been left to smolder in your spirit until it's turned to anger. That anger is turned to hate. That hate is now festered into bitterness. And it's consuming you from the inside out. You got to deal with that, my friend. You got to deal with that. Just like the soul that may be sitting here today that's struggling with addiction and struggling with all kinds of things, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to do life. And how remiss would I be if I sat there and I had all my my ducks in a row and I looked good and I, I didn't mask it behind a tough exterior but I masked it behind my suit and my tie and everything that looked prim and proper but on the inside I'm so full of hurt and bitterness I don't know how to handle it. He said I've come for fragments I've come for brokenness I've come for broken people. Ladies and gentlemen we are fallen humanity. We never ever get to the place where we don't need an altar in our life. Elijah getting ready to pray fire down from heaven. He's about to bring a a nation back to reconciliation. The first thing he did was he said, hey, come here. I want to show you something. We're fixing to rebuild the altar of the Lord. Why? Because from this day forward, you're always going to have a need of an altar in your life. Because when life comes and you find yourself fragmented and broken and there's not a whole lot of left to you and and there doesn't seem to be much of value left in your spirit and your soul, I've come today to tell you when you get to that altar, you meet him there. He said, I didn't just die to save them. Yes, I want to save them. But I died so that when they fall, 
they can come to an altar. And they don't have to go lay their hand on a goat's head. They don't have to take their hand and place it on a, on, on a lamb's head before a high priest. They can come into my presence. They can walk in. They can go. They can come in. They can feel me in the middle of a song service. They can feel me in, in the middle of a service. And we can, they can sing my songs. And they can feel my presence. And, and I want them to know that in the middle of all that, I've devised a means where they can come. And they can find me. And they can fall down at my feet. And they can find hope. And they can find restoration. And they can find value. They're fixing to sing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I would never embarrass anybody. It's not what this is about. I want you to begin to look. I want you to begin to take an honest look at yourself. Go past the tough exterior. Go past the immaculate outside appearance. Let's get beyond the tough guy facade. Let's get beyond everything that you've used as a defense mechanism. And let's touch the issue that hurts the most. The thing that's happened that you can't get over. Whether that be drugs, addiction, pornography, abuse that happened to you depression, anxiety. We can go down the list of everything. We're human. We're not exempt from fighting something. Bitterness, anger, hate, loneliness, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. The list can go on and on and on. That's the thing that he wants you to bring and lay it at his feet. And I promise you, when you do that, he's going to begin to do a work in your life that one day you're going to look back on. And you're going to say, I didn't, I never knew it could be like this. I never knew it could be like this. I didn't think I would ever see a home in my life where there would be a mom and a dad and a family. I didn't think I'd ever see a life where I wasn't addicted. I didn't think I'd ever see a life where there wasn't the scars and the pain and the, and the, and the trauma of abuse that I suffered. I never thought that there could be a life like that. Friend, I'm here to tell you, when you lay it at His feet, He makes all things new. As you're looking at the thing in your life, I don't know what it is. Only you do. They're fixing to begin to sing. And as they do, these altars are going to open up. And I don't want to single anybody out, so let's just do it this way. We're all fallen humanity. We've all, we've all dealt with stuff. We all have scars. We all have hurts. We all have hang-ups. Why don't we all begin to move toward the front? Could you find a place of repentance, a place where you just lay it down? God, you see the trauma. You see the pain. You know the hurt that I'm carrying, God. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. 
Come on, I'm reaching for you this morning. This is not your end. This is your beginning. He wants to give you a clean slate, a fresh start, a new life. That's it. Come on. Don't be afraid to let tears flow. God, I need you today. You see the pain that I carry. You see the hurt that I carry. I need you.